You're listening to The Fashion Detour, a show that provides insights into the minds of creatives within the fashion industry. My name is Michal Goldfein, and I'm sitting down with the creators to talk about their processes, their inspirations, and lessons they've learned along the way. Well, this week I'm thrilled because we have a special guest. His name is Sander Boss, and he is a fashion designer. He was recently on Amazon Prime Videos making the cut. And what I especially love about his designs is that they're extremely innovative. And I think that definitely they are out of the box, but at the same time, he does try to make them wearable. So, hi, how are you today? Hello, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> thank God, thank God. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm embracing this whole stay-at-home oh, uh, <laughs> business that we, ha- that we have going on over here. Um, so, I really would love to know what influenced you to become a fashion designer. Well, I used to, um, back in the day when I was in high school, I used to study arts, but the fine art. We got uh, painting, sculpting, etc., digital printing, and those kinds of things. And at the end of my at the end of my high school, we need to do like a big, you know, exhibition with, with a lot of our stuff. And I was standing there ready to, you know, go to defend it against the judges. And I was looking around and I was, you know, thinking about what I wanted to do, you know, later on in life. And I was like, it saddens me that none of my paintings can like get up and walk out of the room and, you know, become, in my opinion, like more real art that really exists in the real world and not only in a, in an exhibition space. So I started looking into that, like what art form allows me to do that. And I kind of stumbled upon fashion like that. I was like, this is somewhere that I can let out all of my creativity as we see on the show, <laughs> the creative <laughs> design, but it also allows it to, you know, for somebody to buy it and combine it with their own closet and wear it in their own kind of way. And I, I really appreciated that part of fashion and that's kind of why I chose that direction. Wow. And I mean, I I definitely think that your creations come to life. So you have succeeded. (laughs) (laughs) So how would you describe your aesthetic? Well, I think at the core of it, it's a it's a projection of modern art. It's something that comes from an emotion or something that's happening socially, culturally, and I'm projecting that, you know, of course, in shape, colors, and, and all of those things. And more outside of the base idea, it kind of jumps from one collection to another. It's not very like um, one aesthetic. It can have like different shapes, different forms, different colors, but always have the base idea of like maybe a little bit avant-garde, but I don't... I don't start with thinking like, let me go do something out of the box. <laughs> it kind of more starts with something that I want to say in, the, in this world, in this time. And that's kind of the, the main idea. So do you have a woman that you design for or not necessarily? Well, most of the time, yes. I think it's a woman that, that knows how to speak the language of fashion and that, that how shall I say, values um, intelligence and integrity and, and knows that, that putting on garments and clothing that it says something and build something around her, her personality. I don't think it's um, very restricted to age or, or, or skin color or, or place of, of birth. It is more to do with like a, a personality and kind of, you know, a joy of life and a way of thinking of life. That's kind of the woman that I, that I designed for. Yes. And I love your innovative silhouettes, your styles, 
have you always been drawn to that creating new shapes yes yes it was it, it used to be way worse <laughs> it used to be like when you see like by, by the collections i did in school you would think like everything i've i've made on making the cut was very wearable <laughs> in school it was even crazy it was like dresses of like three meters long and like huge things popping out everywhere <laughs> but yeah I've, I've always been drawn to that i think that comes from my art background that I've, that that's where it started and it's slowly very slowly becoming more <laughs> wearable and more more for 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 really the streets and for real actual use in, in in real life have there been challenges that you faced since starting out yeah definitely i mean i started out with like i think 200 dollars in my pocket and i was like okay like let's get get this show on the road um but then I, of course i took the job at the hamburger place and so and then you know working those two jobs it was always very very busy um, I think for me, it was kind of, you know, really discovering also what it is to be a business and, and all of those things, something that I didn't really learn in school. The school was very focused on the art of fashion, the, the artistic side, not as much on like, I never had a business class a day in my life. So that was, you know, trying to figure out those things in the beginning was difficult, but I, I liked that it was a little bit trial and error kind of thing. So it kind of allows you really to experience things yourself and, and find your own beat in it and find the own beat of your drum in that. So, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think that in a way, maybe maybe it was a good thing in a sense that you didn't have that ingrained in you of this is how you have to approach the business side. Because like, for example, I remember one of the episodes on making the cut was to make your own pop-up shop. And yes. I feel like even though maybe you didn't necessarily, I don't know if you have experience, you had experience in that, doing that before or not, but I just think that Sometimes it's better not to have like a pre preset preconceived notion of how things have to be done. You know, I think so too. I, I agree, and I can see what the reference with the pop up search do. I think because I don't have this um, very businessy mindset. It's not very like what we're super used to seeing. You know, it's not like oh, we want to sell something. Okay, we need to hang it there. We need to stick this on it. It's not. It's almost something unconventional because it's not. It's not already premeditated in my mind. It's kind of like how it comes out and what I'm, and what I want to say. And I think also that's one of the things that that attracts people to the brand and attracts people to to my designs because it is more unconventional in this kind of a new way of, of looking at fashion. So what about your mentors, your friends? Have they inspired you along the way? Yes, I, um, I think, of course, my friends. Um, we talk a lot. <laughs> I'm very much a talker. <laughs> so me and my friends. But the funny thing is I don't have that many friends in fashion. I mean, I have a few. Um, but outside of that, I like just talking to people that are not in fashion that just have just none of these overdramatic fashion lives, which is very normalized. And I like you know talking to because i can also relate to it when i used to work at the hamburger place it was kind of you know the same i had on the one side this very regular life you know waking up at seven o'clock in the morning to go punch the clock and go clean out you know the kitchen or something like that and it, that always been like a, a big source of my inspiration because it's the way that they deal with life because i mean this whole fashion idea is fun and and, and it, it is definitely there but it's not often, it's not like the runway. It's often not a representation of, of real life or even of a real woman. You know, the models are often just, you know, a very specific idea, you know. So I like to, to talk to them and they always inspire me. Yes. And I avidly, I watched the show um, Making the Cut and it was just, it was, it was so much fun, especially because you you know, were able to purchase afterwards, whoever won, um, you know, you were able to purchase their products on Amazon. So how, how would you describe your experience on the show? 
I've had the best time. I think I don't think I've laughed as much in my life. <laughs> it was so much fun. I think for me, I'm not a super competitive person. I've always felt like I have my own lane. You know, like I don't really have to compare myself because I'm already already crazy and out there. So on, on that point of view, I was pretty relaxed. I mean, of course, it's the nerves of like winning a million dollars, and of course, you want to win. But I think amongst us as designers, there was a very fun group consensus. Like we're all here to just, you know, to have as much fun and, and, and just really enjoy the experience. Because I mean, whenever are you going to experience something as crazy like that, you know, to be flown all over the world, be judged by some of the best people in the world. And I mean, have this big prize potentially coming to you. I mean, it's, one out of 12 people was going to get a million dollars, you know. So it was it was a lot of fun, actually. I had a great time. It was also a great production team. And really, I, I can't say anything negative about it. Wow. I mean, it's 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 insane, <laughs> actually. So and on a recent episode, you showed two looks that were interchangeable for both men and women. Oh, yes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. what do you think about gender fluidity and its meaning in the fashion world well i think it's i think it's super important because it's definitely something quite i, I mean it's always been around i think um the concept but it's recently coming more to the forefront in fashion um to me personally it wasn't done on, on purpose with the looks but it was just kind of like i, de I designed it to looks but often when i design I mean, it's not very often that it's female or male. It's more of an alien type that I do, <laughs> drawing. <laughs> and I was talking to Tim, and you see, dude, I was like, I don't know which what I should put on everything because kind of everything goes with everything. He was like, oh, then just you know change it on the runway, and it was like genius, totally do that, and it kind of happened more um, out of a natural state for me because it was not something that I I don't um, it's not something that I see like this is male and that that is female. Um, but yeah, I like, I like that a lot of people saw it in that because it kind of is something that to me, very natural, but that's also the way that I was raised to not really, you know, think about it too much or like put the labels on it. But I was happy to see a lot of people, uh, relating themselves or like finding, finding a meaning into that for them. Yeah. And in the jacket was, was beautiful and the ivory dress. You, you seem to have a knack for playing with, for, for, with proportion. Is it a simple process for you? Well, I mean, for me, it is simple because I've, I've done it now for quite some time. I mean, it sounds ridiculous as a 25-year-old, but <laughs> I've been working <laughs> on my craft a long time. And the way that I make patterns is I don't start, I mean, I draw very, but just by my loose hand on the paper, I draw the flat pattern and then I pin it on the doll or on the mannequin. And then I start cutting and twisting and, and putting in darts. And that's kind of how I create all of my looks. It's more of, well, a couture with big, with big marks around it because <laughs> it's a big word to throw around. And it's more time consuming and it's a more, a more personal way of working on it instead of like buying a pattern somewhere and just, you know, copying that. I just draw it because I kind of know how it, the pattern is supposed to look. And then I rework it on the doll so I can really create all of my shapes. And that's why I can, that's why you see always that they're very, they're very proportionate and because I can easily work on a doll with the paper and then I take the paper off once I'm content with the paper dummy and then I make it into, then I, then I make the garment. And I'm pretty used to the technique because I've been using it for two, three, two years now. So that's why it, it, it is simple for me, but it's not an easy technique, I think. Yeah, I can imagine. And I mean, I'm very petite. So sometimes I worry that like, you know, the volume, um, you know, that I can't carry off certain looks just because it's just like gonna, whoop, it's just gonna overwhelm my frame. Um, do you feel that, that that to be true, that not everyone can carry, um, you know, an out, either like something that has a lot of volume? Well, I think 
I think you can, but it just needs to be kind of scaled. You know what I mean? Scaled to the right point because there was this girl and she wanted, she ordered a dress for me a few weeks ago and she was like, hi, I'm, I don't know, I don't know it in, in the six foot things, but she was two meters something. And she was like, I think the dress might be a little bit, you know, too, sh too short for me, you know, if you proportion it to my body. And I was like, oh, but then we can give it a little bit more inches. I think the same would be for somebody with a really petite frame that they would just keep the same drama and the same volume, but just downside is just a little bit. So it kind of has like the same look, you know what I mean? Because if it would just keep the same amount of volume you would put on somebody that is bigger of frame, then it might look a little bit clunkier you know what i mean i think it's all about the, the tailoring and, and proportionizing it to you know kind of to a specific body type yeah and i think that that's what you um were trying to do with the uh pop-up shop and having the tailors which yes. which was a great idea Thank um you. and so also you had the duality challenge which you won and oh, yes. i <laughs> it was really hard for you, I think, but you, you pulled it off, uh, obviously, and you had to, you showed the conflict between commercialism and art, and yes. it's, it is hard to balance that. So how do you, how do you do that? Well, I think especially in, in that challenge, it kind of, I think it was kind of the point that my entire storyline and my experience was running up to in the show you know i was always been more of the artsy one and it just was like passing it along you know in the beginning like okay it's still cool it's still fashion and at that point it was like okay but now you need to make something wearable and it, to be honest it pissed me a little bit off because i was like oh okay fine i'll do it and then I, I was like, okay, fine. And, you know, I was like, instead of being, you know, a crybaby about it, let me just turn it into something fashion, you know, and let me do what I do best and put it into my looks. Nowadays, I mean, I think particularly in that challenge, I found a way how I can do it. Like I took something that is like a t-shirt or a pants and just make one regular one and then show it in a way that I would do it. And by combining those two in the look, you kind of still have like this really cool fashion vibe, but there's always also still the the original, um, the original more accessible garment is still there. So I think to, for me, finding the balance really started there and has, you know, propelled me into starting the Miss Boss line also outside of the show and, and um, kind of be pushing that forward. Yeah, well, I would wear it, so. <laughs> That's a start. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. You've got one fan. One by <laughs> sure one. You have, a lot, you have a lot of fans. You have a lot of fans. Yeah, that's crazy. I saw this morning, I think a few days ago, somebody made like a, a few Sandler Boss fan pages. I was like, this is getting out of hand, guys. Thank <laughs> you so much. This is getting out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh so and and of course you did the collaboration with sabato which yes you you had the cutest relationship um what was your favorite challenge on the show um i think for me it goes uh episode three with sabato six with uh the duality and then episode nine the pop-up i think those three stand out for me the most which were my favorite the most favorite challenges because I think in all three of them, I, I learned something. I think in the third challenge, I really learned how to collaborate. Uh, in this, in this uh, episode six, I really learned how to make wearable clothes. In episode nine, I learned how to kind of, I mean, that was the birth of Miss Boss, kind of. That's where it all started. And even though I went home that challenge, it still felt like a great accomplishment, which may be weird to say, but <laughs> I still felt as if I accomplished what I, want, what I wanted to, to achieve, you know? Yeah, and... Uh, I think obviously you learn from all these things and it's just going to propel you for the future. And tell me more about the looks for Miss Boss and the inspiration behind the line. 
Well, the, the inspiration from his boss was kind of uh, the tailored woman of the future, uh, was kind of taking pieces that had elements of tailoring, but also could be translated into something wearable. It was kind of this whole also mist tailoring. So with some of the pieces, the collars would be like way too big. So they like kind of fell more into like an open back. Then we had... Um, skirts that could also be worn as tops we had pants that would like the the opening of the pants would be like on like the three quarters of the body just completely running down the leg we had kind of like this mis misplaced tailoring but then also fitted really well and that was kind of the idea of of, uh, of the miss boss collection at, and, at that moment and and is there any is do you have a favorite of what you've created for that line uh yeah i have a few favorites but yeah they're not yeah, I don't have the pictures of it, so we didn't <laughs> see it on the show. So, <laughs> but I think from the from the ones that, that we saw on the show, uh, I like I, I like the button up shirt a lot with the with the with the color gradients. I like those looks a lot. Those people. And I mean, personally, I wear modest clothing, and it's sometimes a little bit harder to find. But it's definitely gotten better. You know, the industry it's just being more. You know. Um, I think that the fashion industry is taking us into account. What do you think about modest fashion? What do you, can you ex um, specify modest? Do you mean more? Uh... Sure. Like I, I guess um, more covered up, for example, you know, personally. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. More, I more wear, covered like, and less, less sex dripping off. And exactly. Cleavage like, <laughs> and shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Yes. <laughs> No, I, I just, you know, I'm Belgium. My English is okay, but like sometimes I'm like, what is that word? <laughs> no, I think that I think it's very important for fashion to kind of encapsulate all of those things. And I, I mean, for me personally, I can definitely appre appreciate like, you know, a level of sex appeal, but I don't think that, that it needs to be translated in every single piece of garment that's out there, if you understand what I mean. Like I would not want to see my mom in it or like my grandmother or, you know what I mean? The people that I know that personally wear some choose to wear more, you know, modest clothes. I think there should be a market for that, and I think that would then more lean into like the more elegant fashions. If you, you know, like I yeah. don't think that modest or covered up needs to be very like boring. You know what I mean? It can just also more go into very elegant, sleek, beautiful silhouettes with good colors. And actually, I mean, I, I as I look like on your um, on your site for Sandra Boss, like I, I'm seeing so many of your pieces actually work, would work <laughs> for the you know modest minded person. For example, like the you know you have your Miss Boss skirt and sweater, and it features like you know a long sleeve length and. Um, even like your, you have, uh, this like silvery dress. Yeah. The silver long dresses. Yeah. So something like that could definitely, I think it's actually really versatile because you could put so many, you could put a jacket on top, you could belt it, you could, there's so many options. Um, so I just, yeah. I think so too. And I think that was also a little bit the, the starting point for Ms. Boss to kind of have it like that people can also do something with it themselves, dress it up, dress it down you know, that they kind of can really choose how they wear it a little bit, you know, that it can work in both, in a lot of worlds, almost, you know, that's almost kind of if they want to make it more, the, a little bit more sexy or a little bit more modest or a little bit more modern, you know, you can put a jeans on it, you can put like, you know, a tight legging and wear something as a dress, you know, it was kind of like that idea of like kind of giving people also the opportunity to create, to really have a, a piece that goes with a lot of other things in a closet. Yes, and 
In terms of the future, what are your goals? Well, I mean, of course, we're going to keep continuing the Center Positive Miss Boss line. Uh, we're working hard on, on getting those on the road, especially now during the corona. And I think it, it, it will remain the same before as after the show to become uh, a well-known and respected fashion house and to create beautiful pieces for people. Well, I'm all for that. <laughs> right? That sounds, that sounds amazing. Very simple, but a simple dream, but you know. <laughs> Listen, from burgers to fashion. Who would have known? That's the title of my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, every really, really, thank you so much for joining me and just like giving us a little bit, a piece of your world. Um, and I think everyone should go check out your website. It's sandraboss.be. Is that correct? Yes. yes. Okay. And, uh, and for Ms. Boss, it's missboss.be, but there's also a link uh, on the sandraboss.be. You just click Ms. Boss and it'll take you to the website. Too. Okay, cool. And um, anyway, thank you so much again. And I hope we, uh, I hope we have this conversation in like five years from now when you're you know, all over the world. <laughs> Let's hope so too. Thank you again for having me and thank you for talking to me. Have a great night. Thanks again. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Fashion Detour. I'm available for personal styling and personal shopping. If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can always reach out to me through my email, michal at thefashiondetour.com. And on Instagram, you're welcome to direct message me at The Fashion Detour for any of your shopping and styling needs and questions. Thank you so much and have a great week.
everyone can see Your anger is misplaced And I'm gonna tell you Go!